episode 53 of Strange Brow Radio, and our guest today, employee of Northern State Hospital Healthcare Coordinator Brenda Kinzer. She is employed at one of the most haunted spots in North America, and she says it with authority, and after speaking to her, I can see why. Also, the place called The Farm next door, that's open to the public, and you could go there and ghost hunt more about that with our guest in a moment, but thank you again to our patrons at patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio. I just uploaded our 2020 podcast alive. You can check that out at the patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio. Extra content, videos, extra YouTube videos as well. Patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio. All right, we'll be right back with our guest. Before we get to our guest, I wanted to announce our remote viewing target winner, because there is a winner, and Michelle has announced who that winner is, Michelle being our tasker, Michelle Freed, and she put a task forth. If you go back a couple episodes, you'll see that I did an episode with our remote viewing expert, Michelle Freed, on setting a target. If all this sounds like a foreign language, we'll go back and listen to, I believe, episode 43, and it'll tell you all about what remote viewing is. But Terry knows what it is, and Terry guessed exactly, uh, I shouldn't say that, scratch that. Terry, you guessed closely, way closer than me, to the target. So, Terry, congratulations, you are the winner. Shoot me an email at strangebrowradio at gmail.com so you can get more than your bragging rights as first place. Michelle has a prize, although she didn't tell me exactly what that prize is. I know it's groovy. If you would like to learn remote viewing yourself or are curious about how to do that, I've got a website. You can go to butterflyeffectcenter.com. There's a remote viewing class coming up with your instructor and tasker. I love calling her a tasker your tasker, Michelle Freed, and it's all online, so you don't have to worry about showing up anywhere. You can do it all in your pajamas. Um, and I believe it's once a week for six weeks, all on zoom.com, which is how I do a lot of my interviews. You can share a screen with the classroom, and you kind of be anywhere and do it. You don't even need to be home. I think you can do it from your smartphone right there at your neighborhood Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> so check out butterflyeffectcenter.com and go to remote viewing and there's more information on when the class will start up but again congratulations to terry nice work um we had some interesting stuff happen while we were practicing remote viewing i don't think i'm really coming close to being an expert remote viewer at all but um we had some shared experiences while we were, we were remote viewing, and you can find out more about those. We put up uh, our homework on our Facebook page. If so if you go to Strange Brow Radio on Facebook, you'll see exactly what I mean by our homework and our shared experiences. More than synchronicity at play there, a shared mind. Someone said it was the female and male minds showing themselves. I don't know if that's 
exactly what was happening, but could be. But also for the patrons, uh, we have new footage coming up of the SLS incident from Manresa Castle. So you can check that out on Strange Brow Radio's Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Strange Brow Radio. That'll be being posted here in the next week or so. All right. Coming up next here was our guest, again, Brenda Kinzer from Northern State Hospital. And she's got quite a few stories, so I think you'll enjoy this one quite a bit. All right, here we go. All right, on the phone with me now is Brenda Kinzer up near snow country. We're both kind of on the edge of a, a looming system here and being wusses from the Pacific Northwest that can't stand anything more than what we call liquid sunshine out here. Um, we're both preparing. And I appreciate you coming on the line with me, Brenda, before uh, doomsday falls upon us. How are you? <laughs> Absolutely. Happy <laughs> to yeah, now Brenda, uh, you reached out to me uh, regarding your place of work, and as soon as I mentioned the location where you were to my girlfriend, she knew immediately um, what you were talking about. And I, I had, you know, I'm a recent transplant up this way, so for me, it's uh, it's new territory. But uh, northern, okay. the Northern State Hospital is, uh, is where you work, and you're a health coordinator for the drug rehab facility there on the premises. But uh, it has quite a history. And um, why don't you just give the audience a little bit of backstory about your experience uh, working there and what you know about the place? Oh, okay. Um, northern State Hospital, they started building it in 1910. Um, housed up to 2,500 mental patients at a time here on the facility uh, for a multitude of different mental problems, um, what they considered mental problems back then in the day we would consider almost normal now and wouldn't give it a second thought, but there were a lot of people here for a number of different reasons and a lot of uh, breaking ground uh, trials on mental health treatments here as well, like the lobotomies and so forth, and ice water baths and insulin overdoses and all kinds of things that would be completely unacceptable now. Um, the facility closed due to government um, problems in 1973. The facility has been used um, still as the Drug and Alcohol Rehab Center that never did close. Uh, it's a separate building and not one of the original buildings. And also the Job Corps also uses a section of the facility up here as well. But there's still a lot of abandoned buildings here as well as the entire farm that uh, made this facility completely self-sufficient. has all been abandoned also, but is open to the public now. So the farm that exists on the land made it totally self-sufficient to what degree? They had uh, beef cows, dairy cows, pigs, chickens. They raised all their own fruits and vegetables and also canned them on site. They had award-winning dairy cows here. Uh, they pretty much were self-sufficient for growing and processing all their own food, almost all their own food here. 
And so a lot of these facilities are uh, historic, but unutilized in almost every degree. Are there sections of this facility that are just locked and sealed and nobody goes into? There are quite a few buildings still on the facility that are locked up and not open to the public now yet. Okay. And some of those are probably due to the fact that it's OSHA standards or safety standards. But since it's an incredibly haunted place, are there areas that are locked up just because of the history of the hauntings? Well, I think they, um, they lock them up just because they don't, well, like you said, the OSHA standards, and I believe there's quite a bit of asbestos in some of these mm -hmm. buildings, but for safety reasons, this place would be packed with people if it was completely open and the buildings were open to the public with mm -hmm. people who wanted to do paranormal investigations and it just wouldn't be safe for that. Over at the farm mm -hmm. that is open to the public, those buildings are not real safe either, but a lot of people do paranormal investigations in those buildings with a lot of success. Okay. Well, let's talk about what success is for a paranormal investigator, the different standards for most, but since it comes down to being one of the most haunted places, not only up that way, but maybe uh, in Washington, um, was that, I think that was mm -hmm. kind of your claim in the beginning. This is one of the most haunted places in Washington. What, what kind of things are we talking about that make it so haunted? I think almost everybody that comes on the premises, and I speak more of the farm because people don't do a lot of paranormal investigating on the hospital site now just because it's mostly closed to the public. But over at the farm, um, there's been all kinds of evidence recorded throughout with different types of equipment that people use in par paranormal investigating. Uh, pictures, EVPs, K2s lighting up, uh, connects showing figures in the area, phasma, we get quite a few different regular spirits come through on the phasma, um, just a multitude of evidence coming through. Now what is a phasma? I don't think I've heard of that one. Okay, it's a, an app that you have to run on Windows and you can actually get spirits going through the 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 word database in that program and they'll come through and just basically just talk. Okay, and then you said also the connect, which is that the SLS camera? Yes. Okay. And you've had a chance to uh have you held an SLS and pointed it towards suspicious activity or, or do you mainly hear about this stuff? I've not personally used one, but I have mm. been on the site with people who have been using them, so mm. I've seen I've seen the results. Would you call yourself a paranormal investigator? I would, yeah. Okay. Um, I've been doing it for about four years now. Um, I've kind of strayed away from it a little bit lately. I'm headed more towards looking for Bigfoot now, but. Um, yeah, I've spent a lot of time out here investigating. Okay. Well, let's uh, the, since we're on the subject, is there any cross-pollination? Are you close enough to the woods where you would have Sasquatch activity 
or any reports out by the actual hospital? There aren't any that I'm aware of, nothing I've heard of. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're more in the deeper areas of the Cascades. We're just in the foothills here, on the very edge of the foothills. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really heard of any evidence really close by here, so. Right, you're but, north of uh, Mount Vernon, Washington, correct? Yeah, a little bit northeast, about eight miles northeast of Mount Vernon. Okay, and then you're south of Mount Baker, is that correct? Yes, Okay. Uh, be southwest. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're in a good area uh, for walking or driving just a, a few feet away or a few miles away from Sasquatch areas for sure. Um, oh, definitely. But uh, we'll hit upon what's going on with the spirits and ghosts here first. Um, so you consider yourself a paranormal investigator kind of leaning towards a different direction, a more familiar direction for me for sure but you've had a chance to look into this phenomena with a group of individuals. Do you belong to a team up that way or do you, have you gone rogue? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've investigated with a few different teams out of Bellingham. Um, some of whom are no longer active as teams. Oh, another group out of concrete Washington as well. Um, but yeah, I don't typically go out investigating with my by myself. It's usually with another group. Okay. And how often at the hospital does it find itself being investigated? Is it a weekly, uh, and you know, a monthly thing? Do you have to book way in advance, or how popular is this place? Um, I would say over at the farm, there's people over there investigating every day. It's open to the public. It's it's part of our, our county park system now okay. at the farm side. So I my guess would be people are out there investigating every day. It's become very popular, or at least on the weekends anyway. And the farm side, first of all, the name, the farm, I mean, knowing some of the other names that uh, insane asylums have been called, including the funny farm. Is, uh, is there any, well, is there any link between the fact that these were sustainable places set apart from society? Is that kind of where a little bit of this came from? I'm just trying to look back at the history of the name. It, it could very well be. It, mm -hmm. That's highly likely. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Okay. And so what do you think it is about the farm uh, that makes it so active, or do you just think it's because of the access? Uh, yeah, I really would say it's probably because of the access. I would mm. imagine if people were seriously investigating, if great public access was allowed here at the hospital, um, I, I think we'd definitely get the same results here. It's just mm -hmm. a little more inaccessible, but I'm fairly certain we'd have a lot of results positive results here as well if we were investigating. Right, right. Well, let's go back to the beginning here with Brenda's day one at the hospital. Did What was that like and when did, uh, how long did it take for the staff or for yourself to notice that this place was different? Well, I've known of the history of this uh, facility for most of my life. Um, 
so I knew coming to work here, it would be interesting. Um, as soon as I got started working here, I started asking questions about, you know, anybody have anything happen along that line? And of course, as in any workplace, you're going to have your doubters and you're going to have your believers. So, um, yeah, several people started telling me about different things that had happened to them specifically or, or to other people. And um, there started to be quite a quite a truth to the belief that it's haunted or what people are telling me that they're experiencing or have experienced. Well, did you have anything of your own to back any of these experiences up? Had you experienced it elsewhere? Elsewhere as far, you mean here at this facility or elsewhere in other areas? On your on your own, uh, outside of working there, were you familiar at all with spirit contact or had you had your own experiences privately and were comfortable with the idea? Yeah, I had been investigating over at the over at the farm um, for several years, a couple of years before I started working here. So I was familiar with with the activity on the location. Okay, but there was there any appeal for you to work at the hospital because of the activity? No, I didn't really come to work. Well, it was intriguing, yeah, but things all kind of just fell into place as far mm -hmm. as getting a job here, and I was, you know, excited to work here, definitely, but mm -hmm. it didn't. That didn't lead me so much to want to get a job here. Right, right. But you found yourself staying and you're still there. And I'm still here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you might even be going in tomorrow, weather permitting. Do you have just a regular uh, nine to five shift Monday through Friday or do you have irregular night shifts? Uh, no, no night shifts anymore unless we need to stay a little late. Typically mm -hmm. six o'clock is, is the latest I'd stay at this point. Okay. What was the first thing that you had happen for yourself? Uh, here at work? Right. I was um, sitting in the in office over on the admissions side of the building, and we have a basement underneath. And I heard a sound that sounded like a bowling ball drop. It was just like a big boom, like a bowling ball hitting a cement floor, and then heard as if it was actually rolling down the hallway underneath. I mean, it literally sounded like a bowling ball drop and then rolled down the hall. I thought, well, that's really strange. And then I started asking questions and mm -hmm. found out there'd been a lot, a lot of activity over in that area. Well, and now is that a similar, do people hear that sound? Was that something new when you described it to people or had people reported that exact sound before? People have heard a bang underneath, mm -hmm. but they'd never heard the, I haven't talked to anybody that heard the rolling sound before. Yeah, that's really interesting to me, and I didn't expect you to say that. The, one of the uh, sounds that uh, we had captured uh, for the Al Moon Lab was this rolling, almost sounded like rock on rock rolling and opening. Um, I even described it as maybe sliding a little bit, but definitely a heavy object rolling or pushing on another heavy, heavy object. So um, you're the first person that has described something like that. That's, that's really interesting. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe I could, um, if we have a chance here, I could actually upload that sound down the road and we could um, maybe have you listen to it, see if it's a match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That now, how, 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 yeah, how close was that sound from you? It felt like it was almost right underneath me. Uh -huh. Maybe just, maybe just a few feet away. Interesting. Okay. As a, as, a, as, as the rolling noise went on, it got, you know, quieter and quieter as if it was going more distant. Uh-huh. Now, after the sound happened, was there anything else that happened immediately after that seemed related, or was it just that sound? It was just that sound. Mm -hmm. um, I sat and listened for a little while to see if I would hear anything else, but I didn't hear anything else at that time, no. Okay. And at that point, you're just um, starting out there. You're just getting to meet the staff. How long after you actually started working there did you hear that sound? It was probably, um, gosh, I was still working evening shift at that time. So it was probably only a couple of months after I'd started working here. And did you play it off at all as being explainable or did you automatically clue in? Well, I tried to come up with a reasonable explanation for it, you know, like mm -hmm. we always want to do, but... There was just nothing reasonable at all because it was evening time and there should not have been any humans in the basement at that point. So, <laughs> right, or um, any, really, any, any good bowlers either. <laughs> right, no, I don't think <laughs> right. so. <Not> that. <laughs> right. Well, how big a facility are we talking about, Brenda? Are we talking about um, how many, do you know how many square feet or acres okay. or? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. But, uh, well, we're, we're three stories high plus a basement. Um, this building was built in 1961. I would guess, no, I don't even want to venture a guess mm -hmm. because I would be wrong. At least 10,000 square feet on each floor though, at least. Right, and separated by a floor, three floors, you said, and then probably lots of wings that are separated by locked doors and things of that nature. Yes. Okay. And so what areas in the hospital itself are the most popular for activity? And were you ever told not to go to certain places because of the kind of activity that would happen there? Well, we're not allowed to go into the old building, um, the original administration building that is attached to us. Um, it's not a part of our facility. We're, it is connected, but nobody is allowed to go over there um, at this at this point. The Port of Skagit purchased the entire pop, uh, property and they still are saying maybe eventually some of the buildings will be open to the public, but right now all of the ones that are not in use mm -hmm. are completely off limits. So we're, we're definitely not allowed to go over there, but um, anywhere here in our facility, there's not been anywhere that nobody said not to go. Oh, so you never got a tap on the shoulder from a charge nurse saying, hey, Brenda, 
whatever you do, don't go to the lunchroom after, you know, nine o'clock at night. It turns into a nothing like that ever happened where you were kind of caught up on a certain place in the hospital. Um, I would I would say the the admissions area maybe um a lot of people have said it it's a little different at night. People have seen things and heard things over there. Um they haven't said don't go, don't go because of what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. That would probably be the most common place to see or hear things. Now you said you worked the night shift as well. Previously, yes. Right. Did that amp did that amp up activity at all when the sun went down or was it just as active in the daytime? Or is it? Um I did I did hear um or I have heard several times um men's voices over there at night um when there's nobody in that area. Um but it could be happening during the day also. We're just not quite as tuned in because there's more human activity going on and so we just may not catch that that other stuff is going on also okay so most of your experiences uh they happen regularly when you go into work and what kind of experiences are those that typically happen because now you're at a place where you seemingly way more comfortable than the average person would be and um are there individuals that uh, you know roam the hallways that you deal with on a daily basis? Um, not in this building so much. It's it's. I definitely get a feeling that there are spirits all around us, but I've actually kind of had to build a wall, so to say, uh, and say, just leave me alone. I got to do my job. You know, um, because they're here, their presence is very apparent to me of literally, I don't want to go overboard and say hundreds, but that's how I feel. I feel there's just literally hundreds of spirits here. So I don't have as much happen (laughs) to me other than just the sense that they're everywhere. They're everywhere in this building. So are you getting touched? I have been, yeah, yeah. Had my hair pulled, tapped on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Is there any rhyme or reason for why that occurs and sometimes it doesn't? Um, I would say that the spirits are just trying to get our attention. Um, Whatever the reason for them still being here, I feel like they're lonely. Um, I feel like they just want some reassurance and so they'll try to get our attention and say hey i'm still here mm-hmm. still here <laughs> yeah what about children are they uh, were children ever admitted in there did they have a nursery award for under 18 there were children here um i don't know the percentage i don't think they were put in a separate ward there's really awful stories about some things that happen to children here. Um, but I don't think the percentage was very high. I don't think there were very many children here, but we've definitely had contact with a, a young girl over at the farm. Um, 
Mm -hmm. on a pretty regular basis. Okay, what kind of contact? What kind of contact are you Um, having with a girl over there? Well, she came through on the EVP. um, So we continued to try to make contact with her. She came through on the SB7 spirit box um, and then also on the Phasma box. And we have her, at least we believe it to be her, manipulate um, a balloon over in the cannery building, um, requesting her to move it to the right and move it to the left and lift it up and all those things happen. So whether or not that was truly her, we believe it to be her. Um, That's who we feel we were talking to at that time, but definitely made her presence known. Okay, are you getting any sense of what she may need or want and why she hasn't crossed over? We haven't yet, no. Um, She definitely does. um, She's one of the more common ones to pop up though when we're looking for specific contact with spirits that we we know exist. Right. I don't know, she's lonely for sure. Right. What about any kind of uh, trickery going on, getting voices of children or what seem as though they're docile uh, entities or contact of some kind that quickly changes into something um, that is not as it appears or sounds? Anything like that? Um, over at one of the barns one night, uh, it was a late winter night, and we believed we were having contact with something that seemed okay. And then all of a sudden, one of the, the doorways went completely dark and it was a very, very, very foreboding feeling, very awful feeling. Um, the doorway just went black. Something was there and it was not nice. One of the people I was with eventually uh, got it to go away and then we just got out of there because we thought we were dealing with something okay. And then it turned not so okay. (laughs) It wasn't a good feeling. No, so this wasn't with your mind's eye that you saw the door go black. You saw it physically go black. Yes, it did physically go black. Mm -hmm. And had you seen stuff like that before? That's the first time that's happened. That was pretty unnerving. Right. Nothing like this has ever uh, followed you home or do you have, uh, you know, a closed door? Do you make sure that you close all your doors spiritually at home and don't have any hitchhikers? It's been a learning process. I have had spirits come home with me from a different location and had to get some advice on how to keep that from happening again. But it hasn't happened for quite some time, but yeah, it was, it was interesting when it happened to people. Right, right, right. Well, with, um, gosh, I mean, there's, uh, you know, I worked in the healthcare industry as a corpsman in the Navy for six years, a little inside, oh, wow. inside baseball for the listeners. And of course, uh, working outside of the Navy's a little bit different. The HIPAA laws are pretty much the same 
as far as protecting patients' privacy. But do you guys find yourself at all protecting the privacy of ghosts in the same way that you might a living patient? Is there kind of a, an unwritten rule between the staff? Um, not really, not so much, no, because um, specifically the spirits, we don't know exactly who they are. So um, needing to protect their identity or not really, not so much. I wouldn't think so. Uh -uh. Right, right. So I you have a, you go ahead, sorry. I do have a list of um, several of the patients who were here um, that is public. So um, yeah, some of that is public knowledge. All right. So you you have a list put together, but you don't. Do you have any names attached with certain uh, entities or spaces where you know patient A, B, or C still is? No, no, we haven't made it to that point yet. That would sure be interesting. We <laughs> believe the little girl's name is Lisa, but um, that's as far as we've gotten with that one. But we we haven't been able to locate any specific spirit by name yet. At least mm -hmm. I haven't. The groups oh. I work with haven't. Yeah, so when you're on shift and you're working with, uh, you know, other elements of staff that have been there for longer, what kind of stories have you heard from other members of the staff that are pretty extraordinary? Um, well, like I mentioned, the admissions area seems to have a lot of activity and one of the gals I work with has, she actually saw a female um, entity on that unit and over on the men's side of the unit there seems to be a male voice in the restroom area that um that makes himself heard quite often i've heard it a couple times and other staff members warned me about that mm -hmm. um before that happened and then sure enough i've heard him a couple times also um they do they do joke around and call the spirit Fred. Mm -hmm. They've named him for several years. Um, and I know books have fallen off shelves. Um, I have never witnessed anything like that happen. But the books that have been pushed off the shelves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. What about um, poltergeist type stuff where uh, there seems to be this uh, interest in the entity to stack things up or put them in weird order or move them in odd ways or places, uh, mops maybe that get picked up out of the janitor's closet and stuck out in the hallway, that kind of stuff. Haven't really heard any stories of anything like that. Um, nothing, nothing as far as objects really being manipulated other than mm -hmm. just the books falling off the shelf. Mm -hmm. um, no, haven't really heard any stories along that line. It no. seems to be more vi more visual and audio. More visual than audio. Oh, no, vi visual and... Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah both. So when you're on shift, do you ever find yourself slipping into... Ghostbuster mode 
accidentally? I mean, yeah. <laughs> do you slide do. in and out of out of roles? <laughs> I, I do, and I, I try not to do that. I really try not to just because I'm here to work. I'm not here to <laughs> pursue my personal interests. But mm-hmm. sure, yeah, if somebody says something, then I'm I'm all ears, and I might interject a couple opinions about it. But mm-hmm. I, I really try not to when I'm working, but it, it happens. It definitely happens. Right. Now, what is your impression you know, of, uh, of what a ghost is, Brenda? Do you, have you come to any conclusions? Do you think it's all one thing? Not necessarily, no. Um, I don't know. I, I have a lot of feelings about um, how time works and I like different layers of time. I won't get into that very much because it's a little odd, but. No, no, no. Okay. Hold, hold on a second here. I want to, we want to hear this because that's kind of, <laughs> that's really important details to, to not leave, unless you don't want to speak about it, but I want to hear your theory on what's going on with time. Um, I feel like different, there's different layers of time kind of, and every once in a while they'll, they'll cross into each other again. They'll, I don't know, they Time, time folds, maybe mm-hmm. that would be a better way to put it. Okay. Because, and then when, and then the spirits are part of that other layer of time that come through. I don't know. It's, it's something I've just kind of delved into recently, but it all makes sense to me. So I don't know if I'm terming it correctly or not, but. Right. Do um, you feel like uh, we're delving into their timeline just as much? It's possible. Mm-hmm. it's possible yeah you bring I'm up an interesting listening. point because last uh week um uh, i had a guest on and we were uh posing that very question back and forth whether or not they are experiencing experiencing us as ghost uh, instead of the other way around right right, right. and how do we mm-hmm. know that things that things that are happening to us aren't from potentially a future layer of time mm-hmm. which would be the be the case of us diving into their layer of time from the past i don't know same type of thing it's all interesting though mm-hmm. has there been any personal experiences of yourself or others where they have actually witnessed something like that that kind of dictates that theory i.e. a ghost that looks shocked to see you just as much as you are to see it as though you've kind of wandered into, uh, you know, a time space, uh, conundrum of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no actual witnessing anything like that or anything mm-hmm. heard from anybody. Um, no, I'm not, you know, I think maybe the fem- the female who was visualized, did have a like a, a surprise look on her face but mm-hmm. i i don't know if that's because she was surprised to see somebody or surprised because mm-hmm. it popped into her time i'm not sure right right um what i have right now is i'm going to play you mentioned this one of your first experiences was this bowling ball sound here now i'd never thought of the sound 
that I'm about to play being a bowling ball rolling down the hall. But maybe it does sound a little bit like that. Let me see if this is the, uh, I have two clips here and I don't know the quality of each one of these here, but let's see if these sound familiar to you. They may not at all, but we'll, uh, it'll be good um, uh, theater for the mind here. Let me see if this will play. Okay. Okay, now let me play that again. Okay, did you hear that at all? I did, yeah, yeah. Okay. Carefully, I could hear it. Any similarity at all to what you heard? That almost sounds a little bit more pushing, scraping than what I heard. <laughs> yeah, let's play this next one and see if it's any better. time. Okay. Yeah, any, that, any, that, that, sound, that sounded a little more similar, definitely. Okay. Well, you're the first person that said that there was any connection to the supernatural and a sound like that. I mean, some of these sounds are so batty, so goofy, that they don't belong mm-hmm. in a ghost conversation at all. And when you try to talk to somebody okay. outside of these paradigms and say, listen, it sounded like a duck getting its neck twisted. That's the only thing I can think of, you know, or whatever the sound is. <laughs> um, it's very difficult. I mean, the conversations that we have, uh, you know, the conversations you have nowadays, <laughs> you must just uh, look at yourself, you know, like I do and go, what the hell am I talking about right <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. Very true. You got to have good friends in this field. Do you have good friends uh, that go out with you? Do you have family that does this with you? I have good friends that go out with me. I'm trying to talk family into going with me too, but mm-hmm. eh, they're kind of on the fence about it. <laughs> right, because they're normal. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, I got you. And it's hard to find people like us. Uh, of course, we're in the Pacific Northwest where we emphasize the weird, so it's a little maybe easier out here than somewhere else. But um, okay, that's fantastic. So you, uh, when's the last time you actually did a full-on night investigation? Oh, here at here at Northern State? Mm-hmm. Well, no, it doesn't just have to be there. I'm curious about Northern State, of course. Um, I'd love to come see it, but uh, a night investigation of any kind takes a certain type of person with company or not. Um, tell us a little bit about... Uh, you know, what that looks like for you or your team or the friends you go out with when you go out at night and do this? Um, okay, I guess the last time I did a night investigation was here at Northern State. Uh, it's been quite a while ago, though. Um, I'd say at least a year. Um, but yeah, we're typically, I think we were five or six people last time. Uh, cold, cold night just trudging through the farm um, with our flashlights and our equipment. We stop at each of the buildings and turn on the equipment, see what we can come up with. Um, Yeah, it's dark and it's cold and wide open spaces at that point. 
Right. So rain or shine kind of deal? Um, try to stay away from rain because it really, all the dripping and everything really interferes with trying to pick up EVPs and things like that. So, mm-hmm. But we've been out here in 10 degree snow. Right. We've done that one. And are you finding any correlation with weather, moon cycles, any any kind of uh, scale or operation uh, based upon uh, how much activity is about to happen? Um, definitely the first few days before a full moon, like three days before a full moon, seem to be a lot more active. Um, and weather, I think that one night we went out when it was 10 degrees and snowy, mm-hmm. we got a lot of uh, activity that night. It could have been just because the snow helped keep it a lot more quiet. Yeah. Yeah, that is exciting. Um, that's a really good point. There is, I mean, it is a magical sound. I don't think you can really reproduce the sound of a space right after a fresh snowfall. And for right, a place that yeah. doesn't really, I mean, we really don't get a lot of snow out here. It seems lately we do, but it adds a whole different type of um, perspective. I mean, it changes your your whole outlook uh, when oh, a snow falls. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I would imagine it might change their outlook too, uh, beyond maybe just the quietness. You think something's, happening with their perspective it may very well it may Mm. very well um i think it allows for maybe more opportunity well at nighttime of course awareness really picks up your spidey senses really kick in Mm -hmm. and just with it being more quiet like that maybe i don't know maybe the spirits feel like they can break through and find a way to contact more easily that way. Right. So where else have you looked into the phenomena outside of your own close quarters there? Have you traveled, uh, you know, out of state to look into this phenomena or how far have you gone? I have not traveled out of state yet. Um, I hope to, I hope to, but we'll see. Um, I've been over in Port Townsend, a lot of stuff up in Bellingham, uh, a little more local around the Cedar Woolley area and down in Stanwood also. Okay. I haven't gone too far away. I haven't gone too far. But now you're eyeing the mountains above the hospital and something tells me, have you already had a Sasquatch encounter that kind of brought you towards looking into this phenomenon or what is, uh, what has changed as far as your new hobby and to looking at this? Well, I got a recreational place up in the foothills near Baker Lake. Um, and then when I started talking to other people who own up in that area, I found out that that area is an incredible hotspot for evidence. And I've always had an interest in Sasquatch, but never really took it any further than keeping my ear open for stories. So I started doing a little more research on on Sasquatch in the area and 
found out that it is a really good hot spot up in that area around Baker Lake. And so I started keeping my eyes and ears open. I have not had an encounter yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had some things happen at my place that really, really make me wonder if they are not right there. Mm-hmm. And I really have a gut. I really have a gut feeling that they are right there. It's just, it's kind of a mental thing. Okay. So what are the kind of mental things that are happening that you think are connected? Um, well, just this feeling that they're trying to say, Hey, we're right here. We're right here. And some of the things that have happened at the cabin physically also really makes me feel that they're there. Um, I literally, I have, I actually have what I believe is a face print on my window. Um, it's an oily face print that's got cheeks, nose, and forehead. Yeah, that's kind of a big, kind of a kind of a big deal, Brenda. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a pretty big yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I discovered I and I I had scrubbed the windows spotless in mm-hmm. September, and so I know all the windows were clean. And then I don't know two or three weeks after. I washed them. I noticed this thing on the window and I started looking carefully at it. And you can even see that the nostril holes, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It's eight feet. The windows are eight feet up though. It couldn't be a person. It couldn't be a human face. Yeah, that's pretty telling. So um, did you go around to the window ledge to look for any trace evidence of something leaning up against your window, i.e. something standing that would have displaced no. foliage and stuff like that? or No footprints or anything underneath, mm. but it's pretty hard gravel right there, too. Gotcha. So um, I don't think anything would mm. have a footprint there. And is your place backed up had... again? Oh, sorry, Brenda. Go ahead. I've had things placed right in front of the door. My cabin door swings outward, and I've had a chair moved up in front of the door one night, and then another night, um, I had a rolled-up rug outside, and that was placed right in front of the doorway. So, you know, I have no explanation for that, Mm -hmm. but I don't think a raccoon did that. No. Are you up against the tree line? Are you near uh, the woods? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm right on the edge. Right on the edge. So what was left in front of your door? You said a gift was left there? Oh, no. Uh, a chair. A chair was pushed up against the door. And then the rug, or what okay. the rug was placed, that I had outside was placed right in front of the door. Hmm. Any, um, oh gosh, any slaps or sounds or anything like that that are unexplained at night at your house? Um, I had a really weird, all I can describe it is a growl that Mm -hmm. I have on recording. I have it on recording, um, and I, I posted it on my Facebook to get people's opinions of what it is, and people say anything from demonic to a cougar to a bear. I have no idea what it is. But it woke me up. I, 
I mumbled in my sleep. I don't remember it waking me up, but I mumbled a few strange things in my sleep when right after the sound happened. It was very close, very, very close. But as far as physical sounds like claps or thumps or, um, and I did, well, one thing that happened, I was sitting outside and I heard, I literally heard footsteps inside. Now, I don't think that's of a Sasquatch nature, but it could be of a spirit nature. Yeah, it's hard to tell sometimes. What about lights? Uh, do you ever see lights out near your property? Little twinkly lights or big flashes of light or floating lights or lights in the sky? I have not seen any yet, but I've got a lot of trees, so mm -hmm. my visibility of the sky isn't very clear right there. Right. And have you invited anybody out to confirm your suspicions, or is this something you're just kind of uh, keeping close to yourself? No, my family comes out there with me quite a bit. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Um, they've seen the face print. Yeah, so did you take a good photo of this? I do have a good photo of it, yeah. Yeah, well, we'd, I'd love to see it, even if uh, you don't want to share it uh, on social media. Um, there's something to the fact of the, the oil quality in the skin of whatever or however we're going to describe these things when they're in their biological state, because I think they fluctuate. Um, they secrete um, a lot of oil off their hands and their feet and pretty much anything that doesn't have hair uh, seems to have a lot of oil attached to it and generally we don't have as much oil associated with things that we touch um, I don't care how much you bathe it's not going to look like uh, oil of Olay you know just uh, right. coming, coming off of your hands so it sounds very interesting especially for the height and uh and the size and uh the flared nostrils and um you've never had a run-in with a peeping tom or anything like that have you no mm -hmm. no i haven't um yeah I, it's definitely too high for a human to to put a print up there unless they're mm -hmm. standing on something which there's nothing down there for somebody to stand on. Right. Now, do you see a link between the supernatural and Sasquatch, or have you made up your mind, or where are you at? I'm starting to train to believe that way, yeah. Um, I've talked to people who have definitely have strong beliefs along that line, and, you know, it just, it kind of makes sense. It just it's almost as if, how can it not be? But I'm not totally there yet. I'm not totally convinced that that's true. But right. I'm, I'm, I'm staying very open-minded about it, definitely, and mm -hmm. doing all kinds of, of reading and everything mm -hmm. I can to, to just be fully informed so I can finally eventually make a decision. Right. Now, are you leaving out a recorder often? I was doing it every night for a while. Um, I didn't last a couple times. I was up there. I usually go up there every weekend, but mm -hmm. the weather, with the weather the way it is right now, it's mm -hmm. not practical. I'll, I'll probably be up there again within the month. But yeah, I was putting a recorder out every night. 
Oh, I meant closer. Now, do you ever leave a recorder right there on the property? Uh, oh, here at work? No, 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 at your house. Oh, oh, at, at the cabin. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I usually leave a recorder running every night. Okay. and the, you, When you, I'm up there, when I'm there. Gotcha, okay. And you're leaving it inside, outside, anywhere in particular? Outside. Yeah. Interesting. What kind of sounds have you come away with besides uh, the growl? Have you come away with anything that sounds more like it uh, belongs to a ghost? Like uh, you said you heard footsteps and things like that before, but what about like clicks, taps, knocks, uh, things like that I on have, the microphone? I have recorded some knocks. I don't think they were right there. I feel like they were out in the forest. Um, mm -hmm. Thinking that might be Sasquatch related. Um, mm -hmm. Spirit wise, um, I did have some tapping. It sounded like something tapping on the table right there. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I haven't really attributed that to be anything of the spirit nature because mm -hmm. I do have animals, small animals that come and visit at night also. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I just, I, I don't know what it was. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Now, are you gifting them at all? Are you leaving out anything for them at all? Any kind of trinkets or food or right special? now? I've got I've got a doll and some painted rocks mm -hmm. out there um, as a gift. Funny story. I'll tell you a funny story. I did put out um, some donuts, apples with peanut butter, and peanuts and grapes one night. And I got up the next morning and they were all still there. And I'm like, oh, darn it, you know, nothing came. And then I went out about an hour later again and half of it was gone. And I thought, oh my gosh, something really did come. And so I just sat there for a little while and watched. And then a raven came walking up the road and he went to a pile of leaves and he started flicking the leaves away and there was that stash and he flew away with a powdered donut. In his <laughs> <laughs> so the raven, the raven got my gifts. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about doing something that some other people have suggested, um, putting out a, a box with a lid on it and just going to that box throughout the night and opening the lid and acting mm -hmm. interested in it. Um, so that maybe it will, if they're watching, it'll spark their curiosity and they'll come over and open the lid and there'll be a couple apples for them or something. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah, the, the ravens and the critters around here, especially ones with opposable thumbs, um, they're pretty ingenious. And uh, I know yeah. we've, been, we've been fooled more than once, but um, it's always incredible when they decide to move an object uh, to a new location and it seems almost like it's uh meant to be to be found there that's kind of when we get clued in at our property but um you haven't been gifted a whole lot it sounds like you haven't had any um remarkable stones or items left in curious places or taken out of your house i did have i've got i've got a row of rocks um along my driveway and at the very 
end of the row closest to the cabin, there was a, a, a rock that looked a little bit different than all the rest, and that's why it was at the end. And that rock was moved to right over by my front porch. Oh, that's very it's interesting. It's a pretty heavy rock. It's, it's a six or seven pound rock that um, a raccoon didn't move that rock, definitely. So, yeah, that that I thought was pretty significant. And I took pictures of that and, and told a few people about it that that was interesting. I almost felt like that was a gift type of thing. Mm-hmm. And what did you do with it? I left it right where they put it. <laughs> it's okay. still there. Yeah. And how big around is it? Oh, gosh, it's probably a 10-inch diameter. Flat or round? It's irregular. Mm-hmm. It's one of those rocks that fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a rock wall starts sure. to crumble. And how far did it get moved? About 20 feet. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's significant. Yeah, 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 it's significant enough uh-huh. that unless it's a human playing a trick on me, but why would somebody do that, you know? Right. Yeah, that sounds like uh, whatever them, when I say them is, it definitely sounds like typical them attributes. And uh, yeah, the, the farther the objects moved, the more impressed I think that you want them to be. I don't know if uh, that's the truth or not, but I always imagine whatever they are standing right on the edge of what we can see in here and just appreciating the hell out of our shock and amazement over something trivial like moving an object, which is, you know, it sounds trivial, but it's not trivial at all. It's not. I mean, imagine my surprise when, mm-hmm. when I saw that it had been moved. It was quite, I was quite amazed quite shocked yeah well so it's 2020 what uh what new places uh do you plan on looking into or do you have new techniques that you want to deploy at northern state or um the next level uh tech gear that you want to get what what's your plans for 2020 2020 is probably going to be searching for bigfoot most of the time um I do have a paranormal ghost hunting event that I do once a year, but I think the ghost hunting part is kind of taking a back seat. My interest in Bigfoot has become greater. So I'll be, I'll be out there looking, looking for evidence. Definitely. Um, every chance I get. And if anybody wants to see where you're posting evidence, do you do stuff like that or are you more private about what, happens in Brenda's research? I've posted some of my evidence on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to the point where I, I, I'm not really concerned what skeptics say anymore. Um, because as I get deeper into the Bigfoot community, I realize how, how much evidence there really is and how many people really do believe in their existence. Right. And so I am I am posting more evidence all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well maybe we can get you back on the show and uh look at where things have progressed uh this fall. I, I know we got a little bit of a rough winter still ahead of us, but um 
it is spring right around the corner. At least that's what I keep telling myself. And um, <laughs> it is, yes. I don't know if it really. I don't know if the ghost stuff has a season to it. It seems like the Sasquatch stuff almost has a cycle or a season associated to it. Um, I haven't quite nailed down what that cycle or season is. And maybe it doesn't even exist. But um, anyway, well, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show, Brenda. And um, oh, maybe yeah. if, if you have time down the road, um, maybe we can all meet uh, at the farm sometime and uh, do a do a night sit and see what happens. Oh, that would be fun. Yes, definitely. Okay, well, definitely. you get the rock salt laid out and prepare for uh, snow bunny mode. And uh, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. You take care, too. Stay warm. All right. So you heard it here. You can go to the farm at Northern State Hospital, an open ticket to try out some of your theories, some of your Ghostbuster equipment. The SLS camera in particular, which if you never had a chance to work with one of those and you see this little bugger show up on the screen and it starts to interact with you as you walk around it uh like i said before unless this is programmed i don't know what else could be going on other than an energy phenomena that looks like a little stick figure person and again that enhanced video is on our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash strange brow radio take that back it's going to be available to patron members here shortly i took two days to render and edit together it was a lot of transitional pieces because there was a PowerPoint involved. Again, that was with Mary Bethune, so I have that upcoming soon. All right, that's the show. I appreciate you joining us each and every week. And if you'd like to be a member, if you've experienced something unusual, I'd love to talk to you. It doesn't have to be Ghost or Bigfoot. I would love to take a multitude of strange encounter stories here at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. Anonymous however you like it. Just come on and uh, let's talk. All right, that's the show. I bid you farewell, and of course, I will see you in the trees. Mm-hmm.